Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. That's me. He always says that's me and I always say, this yeah. is Gar. Yes. Yeah. You'd never know from the intro which episode it's going to be because, let's say we start them. Pretty much. That's how they all start. That's, that's the That's how they all start. Except, except now I've ruined it by talking about how we start. <laughs> so it's okay. It's, it's a little gimmick. A little gimmick. I like it. I like it. I think people, people like gimmicks as well as that. Like, not writing his new intro every time. <laughs> Thoughts of it. Like fucking Jay Leno or something. What's what's the yeah. deal with the sun? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> me, me and him, I don't know when he's listening to this. If it's recently, you'll understand the heat is uh, bad. Cutting, us in, cutting us in half. Yeah. I've got my hillbilly uh, air conditioning hooked up again. I, I've doubled down on my hillbilly conditioning. I've got two camping ice blocks, uh, elastic banded onto my fan. And it's, it's definitely helping, but it only right, lasts for about cool. an hour. I didn't think that would help, but that's mad. Oh, it's yeah. fucking killing it, man. But it's not. I'm not dying right now. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, um, after that after Saturday night, I um, as we were doing down the show on Saturday night, I went walking downstairs. I was like, "There's something wrong with my foot." Like obviously, I, I, I fell down a hole. Anybody who wasn't listening on Saturday night? I fell down a hole. And fucked up my ankle. Fell down a hole oh. and it fucked up his ankle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bad. So I smashed up my ankle to bits. I'd been out of work for a week and uh, it was swollen for like two or three days and the swelling was kind of going back down and it was just into normal ankle pain. It hurt. Um, but after sitting there for like four hours doing that live show on, on Saturday night in the heat, my foot looked like a fucking loaf of bread. I was terrified. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital and I was locked as well, which didn't help. <laughs> Seriously, I, I'll show you a photo of what my foot looked like uh, later. You'd have, t- you'd have to tell them that like this happened when I was sober. Yeah, and I was just I was just been <laughs> like, sitting yeah, down sure, for four sure hours drinking, sure, uh, yeah. <laughs> in an oven. Uh, just set the low, set to about fifty degrees the oven, but I was sitting in there for four hours, and uh, now my my toes and all are swollen. It was it was grim looking. It was grim. So uh, I'm hoping I don't get repeated that tonight. That we shouldn't be here for four hours. Fingers crossed. No, we can't. Fingers We're not going to be playing any of the music tonight. No. Because um, you'll do, you can just have to listen to it on the, the playlist um, the reason exactly. we did it is because it doesn't really need it I don't think I mean it would help but I think I'd rather you all listen to the, this playlist in particular because the, the songs need to be kind of heard, heard in their entirety and exactly. you, you've heard us talk about you probably heard the birth of this when Gar was playing yeah. a song one day I went whatever he said whatever he said it's about a month it ago like, I think yeah whatever he said it just triggered an idea and then we both instantly thought that would make a great podcast. Then yeah. we shuffled along real quickly. So now we're going to do that podcast, and yes. it is Swan Songs, which are the last songs that people wrote before they died, but yep. they had to know they were going to die. Exactly. Uh, it has to be. Not just, um, not, just, not just a circumstantial thing. These are these were written <coughs> almost positively, definitely some of them, definitely most of them, with, yeah. the, with the knowledge that the person was not going to be around exactly. for too much longer. Um by by different means and we'll, we'll get into some of them on the podcast mm. so it's it's mad it's mad imagine the pressure knowing you're gonna die this is and going, right. like That's there's some absolute album. stories of heroics in this oh, yeah. podcast i'll tell you right now there's some things that are done in this and they're not just the last one they're like and the critics aren't just saying they're great because it's the last one mm. these are there's some there's some liquid came out of these people that mm. made them like it, like when they're about to die that they turned into songs oh yeah some sort of some sort of part that they could never access before absolutely like like th- they might have taken pain from the past but this is a different ball game this is a also, you are 
on your way out you have limited time to write this yeah. you may even and in some cases it is they've lim- limited capacity to oh, yeah. write yeah. being properly yeah it's not going to be the joyous su- summer podcast yeah, exactly yeah. I always like assume it. that a lot of these artists because um, I'm, I'm sure you do it and I know, I know that I do it like when I'm making music I'll always have like some kind of either like a vocal hook or a, or a lyric line that's in the back of my head that I've never fully truly explored and I've gone like that's yeah. fucking killer I'm going to keep that that's just back pocket or it might be guitar riff or it might be some sort of melody and you go you know what I'm going to develop that at a later stage Let's. I need to be kind of I need something special for this one. Yeah. And I need to be like, yeah, exactly. Something has to be happening in my life for me to put the kind of fully expand upon this idea. And I think that that happens a good bit with a lot of these songs. Um, yeah. It's mad. Like this was, this was so interesting to me to, to I agree. reading this stuff. Some of it was horror show, but it was very show, interesting. I have to say though, if we had, <laughs> been banging out one episode a week we would have fucking not done this episode properly no now i think we've had a bit of time this is what we wanted we wanted time to to go back to research and and doing the podcast when it wasn't a pressure where we're you know like we're talking about pressure getting a podcast out these people were writing pressure pressurized albums when they were on their way out so i won't moan too much about that so look tell us who your first uh, swan song is uh, my first one's rather obvious but it has to be done it's david bowie um oh yeah but like you have to it has to be done it's it's a big one with the the entire it's the, album, it's the biggest Star. one yeah it's pr- the biggest one well it's, the, it's it's also the most one of the most recent ones as well so it's still kind yeah, of fresh yeah. so bowie 1947 to 2016 um it was liver cancer that got him eventually um uh, he was it's really it, it, it's weird that the timing of everything he'd done with this album is kind of fucky. So he put the album out on his birthday and he was diagnosed 18 months earlier. So he had been planning this whole kind of swan song from the day he got diagnosed. Like he knew he had terminal liver cancer and there was nothing he could do about it. And so he was like, I have to get in the studio. I'm going to fucking do this really dark album. And at the time, he was he was listening to, like, Boards of Canada, Kendrick Lamar, Death Grips, all this kind of stuff. He wanted that real grim, kind of yeah. chunky fucking nightmare music from the elevator down to hell. It's what he wanted, you know. And he got it, to be fair to him. He fucking got it, you know. Um, it's haunting in places, this album. Like, it is. It's, it's, it's fucking dark. It's dark. It's hard to listen to as well. Like, when it first came out, it was like, this is too fresh and it's too... It sounds too much like death, is the way I, I put it. it. It took me about a year before I could actually sit there and, and enjoy this album for what it was, you know. It's 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 not like heavy for the sake of it. It's actual actually actualized heaviness. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's David Bowie, first of all, one of the greatest artists of all time. Yep. And he's been told that he's going to die. Uh, what the balls in his court then? And this is what he comes and out with. This is so what he comes up with. Yeah. It's it is it's scary at times to listen to this album. I can't listen to this album every week. Uh, no, absolutely like, not. N- I'd have to throw this on once every few months, and then yeah. afterwards I feel a bit tired after it, as it was a it was fucking heavy. Like it genuinely oh. is heavy. Oh, it's it's grim. On your ears. Um, he died two days after this album came out. So he lived, there's a couple of my guys now who didn't live to see their albums coming out. They they yeah. worked on it and that was the plan and they didn't make it. But Bowie made it. He held on for two more days to see uh, how it done. Um, and if, if it was, not necessarily how it done in the charts. Although it was his t- first top 40 hit in 28 years. Um, this album. Uh, it's 
his producer Tony Visconti confirmed that he knew he was dying. Like, oh yeah, yeah. like he sat down, they worked on stuff together, and they were like, "This has to be my fucking sayonara." You know what I mean? This has to be mm. like my my swan song. I wanted to be something different from anything else I've ever done, but I also wanted to fit into the catalogue. Um, the lyrics across the board. The song I picked is Lazarus because that's definitely aimed at yeah. One hundred percent aimed at what he wanted to do, um, and it's it's kind of the way he he wrote the song was he wanted he he was going to assume that like all famous people he would get more famous after his death. So he wrote a song about kind of what he'd gone through and how he assumed that he was going to be on everybody's lips for a couple of months after he died. You know, months. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. Someone outside my window singing a song. We should get them on. Yeah, come on. come on in, sing this song. Famous. Sing this song for us. Um, so yeah, he, after listening, uh, he's got he's already on Nyler. He's already, Nyler's already <laughs> some lads singing out with, with a pair of uh, bro- wrecked air max. He's already on Nyler. <laughs> I'm gonna talk to you about that later, actually. Off air, <laughs> I am. Um, I know. Oh. That sounds like we're having a dig. Well, we're not having a dig. It was a light dig. It was a playful dig. <laughs> really that? A playful <laughs> dig. Um, so looking at the lyrics that he wrote for Lazarus, um, let me just blend these off because he didn't, he didn't actually do that many. Lyrically, it's, it's, there's not that much going on. So it says, uh, look up here, I'm in heaven. I've got scars that can't be seen. I've got drama, can't be stolen. Everybody knows me now. Look up here, man. I'm in danger. I've got nothing left to lose. I'm so high, it makes my brain whirl. Dropping my cell phone down below. Ain't that just like me? By the time I got to New York, I was living like a king. There, I used up all my money. I was looking for your ass. <laughs> this way or no way, you know that I'll be free. Just like a bluebird. Now, ain't that just like me? That's the entire... That's all that happens in it and what like when you're reading that there you've got look up here I'm in heaven I'm dead I've got scars from fucking all sorts of chemo and poking and prodding and whatever the fuck else is going on I've got drama that can't be stolen that can't be taken off him Um, everybody knows me now again he's talking about everybody fucking just being on everybody's lips for a while after dying Um, Mm. I'm so high it makes my brain whirl obviously on a serious amount of painkillers and who knows what else to keep things going um, by the time that'd I got be, to New that'd York be to, that'd be done to Bowie thankfully oh yeah exactly by the time I got to New York I was living like a king there I used up all my money uh, he died in his New York apartment um, in New York City I, um, he was he had his ashes scattered in the Buddhist ceremony in Bali Indonesia uh, yeah I think if if Black Star is kind of the, one of the penultimate swan songs this song is the one from the album that that yeah. is most certainly a, him confronting his own death. Um, it's it's grim. It's it's actually it's a lovely song, and it's it's slow and it's sad. But it's the fact that he was able to sit there and like imagine taking a pen to paper and writing those lyrics. Like look look up here I'm in heaven. I've got nothing left to lose. I'm so high it makes my brain whirl. Everybody knows me now. I've got scars that can't be seen. Like now we'll be free. Like. Jesus fucking Christ like it's there's a lot there's a lot in there and oh, I, don't, I don't I don't know it's the strength it must take for any of these artists to like instead of just going out and living off like living off past glories like because if David Bowie died when David Bowie died without having released this album it wouldn't necessarily have made a difference to his legacy everybody would have been still playing no. fucking Major Tom and stuff like but, that you know but but like now everyone's like 
there's no doubt in his genius after this. Exactly. Like he he literally he literally Can't used his own demise as material. And For what is now what is now like it's one of the last monstrous albums oh yeah I can't think of of it and super monster since then like not in that that world there's been big pop albums and stuff like that but in that kind of alternative world I I can't I can think of very few that were uh, that revered and the fact that he released on his birthday and died two days later like so it's the eighth, eighth of, same birthday as me, the eighth of January, um, two thousand and sixteen, is when this came out, and boy, yeah, the tenth of January he was dead, like fucking crazy. Anyway, well, listen, was, I didn't know, nobody knew, nobody knew. He, he kept a quit. All these, a lot of these people keep having quit, um, yeah, because yeah. that the, the only it, interview is like, um, if they if they do interviews, that's all they'll be asked about. Nobody asked them about the work. Jesus, yeah, no, you know, yeah. so they they just shut the fuck up about it. They, and it was, he only had eighteen months. Like he was diagnosed eighteen months before this album came out. That's the all he had to I bang, like, write and bang out the album. And like, it's not like he can just like take that time off. He used to be going doing. I was doing a thousand other things, like the appointments and, and being yeah. absolutely knackered, yeah. being out of his head, yeah. uh, being super depressed, probably. Oh yeah, yeah, that's heroics. It genuinely, is it is. Heroic, <laughs> he could be a hero for more than one day. Do you like that? <laughs> right. Who's your first one? My first one is uh, a song called Introduce Yourself from the album Introduce Yourself mm. by Gord Downey. We've talked about The Tragically Hip before. We've talked yeah. about Gord Downey before on at least two, I think, oh, other podcasts. Too, yeah. um, Gord Downey released this album. Uh, it was, sorry, it was released 10 days after his death. Mm. Um, this is a double album. Uh, I, we spoke about before him being an absolutely incredible lyricist. Mm. Uh, with Tragically Hip and his solo stuff. Um, th- this was a double album. Well, wow. Like, so, I think he had... About a year. Mm. A little bit more, more than a year, actually, when he was <laughs> diagnosed with glioblastoma, which is a type of brain cancer. Mm. And that is the kind of cancer where it could be a certain amount of time or it could be a few days. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't, not they, 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 he responded really well to the chemo, but still at the same time they just said we don't know what what that what how long yeah. it will be. Um, so most of the songs on this twenty-three song album are first take jobs. Oh, wow. you've only got a certain amount of time. Um, but here's a really weird thing he did. Right, this album, twenty-three songs, he are about everybody he wanted to say goodbye to. Like so, a lot of them have people's actual names in the oh, title. Well. So it's a really different approach to a swan song album, um, and there's just little stories about his friends mm. in each of the songs and stuff like that. Very cool. Um, I think that's absolutely beautiful. I mm. really, really do. Oh, yeah. And the songs are like they are great songs. I listened to this album properly today. Mm. I'd never listened to. I listened to this. I knew this song. Um, it's really weird because during all this, he still had time to do a tragically hip tour and album. Wow! I'm not going to post any of the lyrics because the, the uh, yeah he had to he had to do the, the tragically hip one like that's that's his big thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, it wasn't billed as the last tour and album because literally he may have gone on for another year. Oh yeah, he might have got another year out of life, yeah. but he unfortunately didn't. Um, I'm not going to post any lyrics about this because it's the album as a whole is the swan song yeah, yeah. and 
there's not, I'm not going to be picking poignant like lyrics about death yeah, during yeah. this because he hasn't sung about it. It's a swan song. It's a good goodbye album. Like no other to goodbye Wallace album Piles, yeah. I've yeah I've ever really heard. Um, I kind of would like to play this one, but we're not going to play the songs today on this one. But, but we really want people to listen to the yes, um, it's an important playlist. Playlist, yeah, because you'll get more from it as well than we can. We're trying up like maybe four to eight lines as best but yeah. we're not getting that feeling of the power the songs and even if we did get we'd be trying to pick which little bit yeah. had the most just look at we we started this podcast by making playlists um, exactly. and exactly so it's the same um i'm a big fan of the tragically hip i really just love they're one of the really most underrated uh, artists not in canada huge in canada and mm. i really love mm. really revered in there um that's gord downey solo mm. stuff uh, introduce yourself Give it a listen now. Doing a double album. And the guy's thing is, it's produced really well. Whenever I hear first takes, I'm going to go, oh, yeah. it's not going to sound great. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It depends on what studio they're in as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you've got you've got a thousand of those type of things that can happen like in there. Like If you've got a good producer, they just they can pull it out of you. you know? um, yeah, yeah. They can absolutely fucking pull it out of you. Um, to, to write, I know, like what I'm like, the slowest worker imaginable. There's nothing, hopefully, I don't think, wrong with yeah. me right now. And I'm like, imagine that level of pressure. I know we're, we're going to talk about that for the whole podcast. Mm. That level of pressure when you're told you've only got a certain amount of time. So, what's your lasting legacy? Not lasting legacy has already been established. Mm. Mm. What's your swan song? What's the last thing you, you bow out with? Like, what's your what's the last song that you're going to play? Mm. Uh, and that this is a really, really good song. Um, yeah, we don't know who this song is about. I don't think in particular it could be about all of his friends collectively. Yeah, but then there are ones that uh, that are about people individually. And <laughs> um, that's Gord Downey from Tragically Hip. Mm. Uh, introduce yourself. Who is your next one? My next one is uh, another kind of obvious one. It's Johnny Cash. Um, oh yeah. And I picked I picked a cover song because all, most of his last music were, were cover songs, and obviously I picked Hurt because that's his biggest his and biggest song. Have it all. <laughs> exactly. I'm not being a dick. I think this is. I listened to this again today because it's on this playlist. It's so fucking good. It's, it's a brilliant cover. It's so. It, it suits him so well. It's like, brilliant. And it's, I know that I. Whenever I say. Whenever I make jokes about this, mm. I'm not making jokes about Nine Inch Nails, Johnny Cash, or Death. I'm making jokes with people who say, and I'm going to say it. Oh, it won't be the last time I say it. Yeah. yeah. In a segment. <laughs> I actually think that this cover is better than the original. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Janet. That's Congrats. a fucking mind-blowing revelation yeah. you came out with her. Because uh, I just think it's more real. You think it's more real than the person who wrote it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. really? Like, you think it's more real than the person who wrote it? Okay. Yeah. It, it's definitely not better than the original. Um, it's but definitely it not worse one, than the original. Like, but it's definitely one of the best covers of all time. Absolutely. Like, it's a different animal altogether. Um, Trent Reznor gave an interview a while after this song came out and he said it's not my song anymore it's a Johnny Cash song um, now he could have been just being nice because I think he, he might get like that every now and again but yeah. I, you'd, you'd read other interviews when he was like it was, it was fine but like, <laughs> maybe he's like it's not my fucking song anymore it's Johnny fucking Cash song <laughs> exactly, yeah, it could exactly. be like that as well though <laughs> well, maybe maybe uh, so Johnny Cash 1932 to 2003 decent fucking run uh, not the greatest either though. I was 71 when he died Um. Which you think I thought, he was older. I thought he was older as well. He was just in bits for fucking drinking and drugs. He was in shy. Uh, I know seventy-one-year-old people who look better than him. You know, I know eighty-year-old people who look better than him. He just—he was just in bits. God help him. Uh, died of complications due to diabetes uh, in Nashville. 
But this song is off American Four, which is a series a series of uh, albums he done, which are not all cover versions, but the majority yeah. of them are cover versions. He had a, he had a, a like a, a reawakening. Yeah. Um, when he when he signed this deal to do do the American recordings, I think part of it was like I don't want to just do covers. I have no problem with most of it being covers because that'll be fun. But I might want to rework some of my old stuff, and I might have a few bits and bobs that might suit this kind of new style that we're working on. Like the man comes around yeah. and stuff like that. Or I think is, is on one of these albums, which is fucking fantastic. It's one of the best songs he's ever done. Um, there's some great stuff on those albums. All of those albums are fantastic. So that's American Four. Um, so this was the last album he uh, that was released during his lifetime. Okay, so yeah. that's the, the easiest way to put it. So this album came out in 2002, and he died in 2003. Uh, now there was an album, a box set that was being worked on at the time called Unearth, uh, Unearthed, Unearthed, Unearthed. How do you pronounce that word? Yeah. Unearthed. That doesn't sound Unearthed. right. Unearthed. Yeah. Unearthed. Yeah. Unearthed, yeah, it is. Unearthed, unearthed. That doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth. My mouth has never said that before. And, uh, <laughs> you, you should have downloaded the fucking uh, the files to play that out of your mouth. Exactly. You need the codex for that. <laughs> I never said that word before. I mean, my brain just knew how to say it, but my mouth didn't. Um, I, was, I was in an interview, right, uh, for the job I'm in now. Uh, and you know what word I fucked up well, while giving myself like credit? Yeah. Very good at uh, talking to people, and I'm very communal. Oh no, communal! What a word to fuck up! It's yeah, a tough word. I'd, I'd fucking stumble over that. There's a word I can't say, and it's like succinct, but I, I can't even. Oh, succinct! Is it uh, succinct? Oh, I don't know. I don't I know. know. What word you're talking about, though? It's, it I, means like. Uh, oh, I don't know. I can't like, say it. My brain says it, but my mouth can't. <laughs> I've I've about five of those words that just will not yeah. come out, will not come yeah. out because I've never said them correctly, and because of that, I make a bollocks. Them. anyway, so um, he yeah he died four months after uh, his wife, uh, June obviously. That's him. that's kind of nice. They don't have to live without each other for too long. Yeah, exactly. I don't think at the time he was working on this unearthed. Uh, box set um, nailed it knocked it out of the park um, which is going to be reworkings of old songs and alternative takes of uh, some of the American recordings and sessions and stuff like that so he was he was working on this record but a lot of it would have been kind of previous stuff as well so um, and I, th- I think the majority of it was stuff he was doing for, for, for American as well so it's not like it was new new stuff it was slightly weirder was this this is the project where Rick Rubin goes? Let's make Johnny Cash cool, like not yeah. cool, but like fa- as famous as he should be again. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's that's brilliant. It's fucking and of course great. all all the rockers then came out of Woodwork. Oh, at that point, Johnny Cash t-shirts and everything. Especially the one where he's sticking his finger up. I think oh, it's they love that one. They love that. They love that one. Yeah, where he's smashing the they lights love, and all. And they love uh, like having a few whiskeys at an after party, going stick on a bit of Johnny Cash there, because because uh, unfortunately. Wish You Were Here by uh, Pink Floyd is now taking a backseat to uh, this cover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and, and as well as that, it's it's this has been knocked back a little bit by the Sound of Silence by these people. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. wear uh, T-shirts with like Panthers and motorbikes on them. Oh, I saw someone the other day with like the best T-shirt. It was one of them like... Amazon fucking wolf howling at the moon kind of joke t-shirts. <laughs> I love one of them. I know. I, know, I was going to stop your man. Like <laughs> it was beautiful. It had it had like just a tiny, the tiniest hint of glitter in it, in like the stars. Oh, nice. 
Oh yeah, it was gorgeous. Like oh, it was. Amazing. Oh, and you'd have to get it in like a fucking three or four XL. I'd have to have a little sag on it. Do you know what I mean? I'd have to. You'd have to have just a little <laughs> bit blow in the wind. Yeah, yeah. Those, oh. wolves need, those wolves need the hell girl. Exactly. <laughs> they need space to run, man. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it was. But it was one of them. Do you remember there was a bloke on Amazon just reviewing wolf t-shirts? There's a whole website dedicated to them. Is there? Yeah, there's a whole website. It's probably a Facebook page now. Um, but there was a whole site dedicated. There's one bloke who only reviewed wolf t-shirts on Amazon. And he'd write essays. Like, full essays describing every single thing that was in these fucking, like, sh- these paintings that were on the fucking t-shirts. <laughs> By the way, speaking of t-shirts, if anyone missed the Saturday show... I found a T-shirt and I ordered it and I oh. encouraged everyone else to buy it. Because it, was eight quid. <laughs> it, it, it made no sense. It was three tiny thumbnail pictures of Moff Tarkin, isn't it? <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin. Moff, <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin, rogue from X Men, and then randomly the man with no name from Fistful of Dollars, <laughs> the Spaghetti Western, and then it just said above it, "Side Face." <laughs> it makes. And I, I'll post pictures of it when we when we we get it. But I remember, like, I was actually trying to look for a picture, like, so I could send you. And then yeah. that popped up, and I posted it on the thing, and everyone was like, "Yeah, okay." So I hope it was more than me that got it. But I know it was just me because I'm a spa like that. It's so good. I, um, Johnny Cash. Side face. Uh, I actually think that the cover is actually better than the original. <laughs> um, listen, that, that's Johnny Cash. Um, this song, obviously, uh, originally put out by Nine Inch Nails in 1994. Uh, it's not as good though. Uh, it's not as good. It's too heavy, and he says shit. Um, I think it's the only lyric he changed, that, wasn't I it? Just, yeah. Wearing his crown of shit from my wearing his crown of thorns. I think it's the only lyric yeah. he changed in it. Um, I do have the lyrics there, but every I have the lyrics in front of me, but everybody knows them. You know, uh, fucking. Cause about, I actually think Johnny Cash's lyrics are better. <laughs> they might be. Um, <laughs> everyone I know goes away in the end. You could have it all. My empire of dirt. I will let you down. I will make you hurt. Blah 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 blah. Um, every, again, everybody knows. It's it's pretty much about injecting heroin by the look of it. Um, it's literally says the needle yeah. tears a hole. Like it's about doing smack, and. Uh, could also mean like the, the treatments you'd get if you weren't well though as well. If you weren't well for di- for the diabetes, the diabetes, type O diabetes. So it actually works. It does work. It does kind of work. It works. It works it, on too many levels for people who listen to that thinking it's the best thing ever. It is the great cover. It's it well, is fantastic. Just, it's too much. It, look, if you think I'm being overboard in a dick, you don't didn't work as a DJ in a rock bar for fucking. Oh yeah, yeah. It kills you. Down, what, what this closer. Would, yeah, leave me alone. Yeah. Just leave me the fuck alone. So he's buried next to uh, to June in uh, Henderson Memory Gardens near his home in Tennessee as well. So, yes. um, But as I said, this is the last album that was released during his lifetime. Uh, he definitely knew he was on the way out. Um, definitely 100% knew he was on the way out. Was, the health was in shy. Um, he just had a, a love-hate relationship with alcohol and gargle for his entire life to the point where June had threatened to leave him and then he'd flush all his drugs down to Jackson and then he'd go off on tour, come back with a fucking habit again. And yeah. um, it, it just he, he fucking rode himself hard, put it that way, and put himself away wet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for a man that was seventy-one years of age, he looked like he was one hundred and five. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's Johnny Cash, uh, nineteen thirty-two. He's doing well. Um, nineteen thirty fucking two. Like holy shit. Mm. Um, to two thousand and three. Who is your next one? My next one is a lonely place by New Order. Uh, so Lonely Place was a Joy Division song and it was the very, very, very last song that Joy Division ever recorded 
before uh, Ian Curtis died by suicide. So mm. this was released by New Order, and this version, I think, is the New Order version. Like you can't really get a good version of the Joy Division one because probably a live one or something like that. No, it's just it was just a demo. Yeah, as far as I know, and it was the B side to Ceremony, which was also written by uh, Ian Curtis and Joy yeah. Division. So yeah, a lonely place was recorded four days before Ian Curtis died. And the remaining members of Joy Division regrouped, obviously, as mm. New Order. They re-recorded this and Ceremony, which was the lead single. So, although that the, although this is the New Order version, I don't think there's a, a great... There's, there's, a, there's a cleaned-up version mm. on YouTube and stuff like that, but, but not on Spotify. And I think it's impossible, impossible to say that this song doesn't foreshadow his death. Uh, really, like, I really think... The, some of the lyrics couldn't be taken from the demo because they were so kind of low and muffled oh. that Bernard Sumner from Joy Division um, had to try and EQ almost everything else out so he could just hear what he was saying to re-record it. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why they instantly jumped to straight into re-recording Ceremony hmm. and and uh, A Lonely Place. But they did. Um, it's, look, Jesus, I don't care. But look, let's, these are, let's take a quick look at the lyrics, right? Yep. My body that hi- my body that kills and hides matches an awful delight. Warm like a dog round your feet. How I wish you were here with me now. The hangman looks round as he waits. Gullet stretched tight as it breaks. Someday we will die in your dreams. How I wish you were I we- you-, you you were here with me now. Mm. It's, um, that last line may not have been the right one because mm. they couldn't get that from the recording. But uh, it's not a stretch to say singing about a hangman four days before he killed himself. Yeah. Sorry, it was released four days. No, it was recorded four days before before he killed himself. Mm. He definitely had it in his head. And I'm pretty sure that Ian Cortis tried to commit suicide before as well. A lot of people don't know about that, about him and Kurt Cobain. That wasn't just out of the blue. They had tried before. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also have sort of... Mm. Yeah, which is Given awesome. it the old college try first. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, the last line may have been different. This song is brilliant, by the way. Mm. I prefer this to Ceremony. I really do. Ceremony's um, okay. Yeah, it's grand. It's like one of the more uppy Joy yeah. Division songs that you would have heard. Obviously, it's New Order, but it's, it's not. It's a Joy Division song. It's Who Them Are. It's released as a, a double or a single with this one. But this one would be my favourite, to be honest with you. Um, the last song he ever sang live was Digital, I think. Yeah. Uh, but just for the record, this was the last song that Ian Curtis ever recorded. This might not be the... I don't. I, this is the one that Bernard Sumner is singing as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. But those... It's really, really good, though. It's really, really good and dark. There's certain times I wish we were about to just play the song and enjoy it, but th- this one is long and the build-ups are long. This one yeah. wouldn't have landed on the on the thing either. Um, in, in, in true fucking Joy Division form, it takes a while to get there. Yeah, oh, that's, that's what I love. Yeah. I love those kind of songs. I'm too uh, afraid to release a song that's like that, but I will soon. <laughs> I will soon. Now everything else... Try like, on, like, track 12 on the album. Yeah. Big album. eight minute long epic. Album. I don't have enough people to listen to the album, so it doesn't matter. So, but look, um, that was a lonely place by Joy mm. Division. The song that kind of says more than I will say about it or anything. Mm. Um, there's not a huge amount about Joy Division and this song. There's huge articles about the last days of Joy Division. Yeah. And this doesn't really come into it. I think they just banged out in the studio. He sang about a hangman was dead four days later, mm. and. The song is brilliant. And that's all I have to say about it, really. Who's mm. your next one? My next one is George Harrison. 
and the song is Stuck Inside a Cloud um, off the album Brainwashed which came out it was just under a year I think um, after he died and now the recordings were almost finished almost finished he'd been working on it he knew he was sick he knew he was on the way out and he kind of made himself go into the studio and he was working away in it and it was it was it was almost finished and he had to get uh, after he died his son Danny and Jeff Lynn from ELO stepped in they're, yeah they're, they're brilliant for him like you know what I yeah. mean? they're protected legacy isn't it mad the idea of writing a song and putting stuff out that you are not going to get you yeah. probably are not going to get to see it's crazy uh, it's fucking like, crazy you're hoping that you do but Jesus that's mad wouldn't you just go you know what I'm going to enjoy the next few days yeah it, you think that wouldn't you just, but then again maybe if you're not enjoying your days maybe you might as well do something fucking positive something creative with it maybe yeah, you know yeah like, it seems like a missed opportunity to not do something if you're almost you don't want to be like, the, the, like the, the fucking deathbed regret is one of the the things that I'm so afraid of my life like personally pre-afraid of regret. I'm pre-afraid of like the deathbed regret do all do all the shit now then that's uh, doing my best oh. now like every, that, every time I'm like don't do that you sap I go like but you're gonna regret that when you're lying in the bed fucking yeah uh, and you're like, I should have done it the, the older you get I know it's the more we're like well do you know what there's a, I'd say there's a space between 40 and 50 where we're gonna make erratic choices you better believe it I'm gonna fuck because, everyone up just because when you're after that you're like relax and go right I didn't die during that time relax yourself exactly yeah <laughs> you didn't I'm die during make, that time so. I'm gonna make such a bollocks of so many things in the next 10 years I can't wait I can't wait like um, then I'm gonna write my book that's the plan uh, anyway <laughs> George yeah. Harrison George Harrison uh, Brainwashed was his 12th and final album came out on the 18th November 2002 um, basically like I said a year after his death uh, Jeff Lynne and Danny stepped in now it's a fucking mad story related to his death that is it's f- oh, fucking hell and when I was reading this I was like I knew a bit about it but didn't know all the details it's, it's fucking crazy so in 1999 Harrison and his wife were attacked inside their home by this fucking That's maniac right. you know what I mean? and he ended up being stabbed over 40 times that's right yeah we, we 40 times fun. yeah and he ended up getting a punctured lung and because of that part of his lung had to be removed they took out a chunk of I think it was left lung had to be removed and in 2001 he had a cancerous growth removed from his lungs as well um, but it had spread to his brain so by um, 2001 he had died he actually died in Paul McCartney's house in Beverly Hills did he? I didn't yeah, know he was in uh, Paul McCartney's house in Beverly Hills. One of Paul McCartney's houses. I'm sure they all had fucking twenty houses. But um, he was in Paul McCartney's house in Beverly Hills when he died. He was 58 when he died. Had his. Uh, That's very young for a beat. It's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always have this thing when I think of the Beatles. I'm laughing. I shouldn't be. I always think like Paul McCartney. Like, oh, I wouldn't be so sad to be the last Beatle. Um. It would actually, yeah. <laughs> it would though. Like, how fucking sad is that? Like, you don't want to be the last one. Actually, I wouldn't want to be. Like, uh, fucking. Oh, McCartney probably does, but he won't. Yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, it's like if you think about the, the, all the Beatles should be allowed, alive right now, and they should have written another song. Yeah. But two fucking spas wrecked it and killed them. Basically. <sighs> yeah. Like, like it's hard to say whether. Well, I don't know. But I imagine that. Getting stabbed 40 times did not help. It wouldn't have helped, like, yeah. Because like, uh, I, I always laugh because I forget about Ringo. 
Like, I just oh, now I get you. You did, yeah, but like even then, like I I think Ringo's going to be the one to make it. Right? I do as well. Definitely I think he's just going to be the last one left, and that's you're going to see the most abysmal fucking shy getting released from the Beatles camp. Like, Will Tang meets the Beatles remixes. Like, it's going. He would. He, the two of them are bad for doing stuff with people, but <clears throat> you can't really say that about Paul McCartney when he, the stuff he was on with Kanye West did really well. Yeah, and it's really good. But like fucking Ringo, one hundred percent is going to oh, be like fucking ta- Taxman yeah. featuring Da Baby or something. Do you know what I mean? Like it's one, <laughs> that's one hundred percent going to happen when when he's left. Um, one hundred percent is what's going to happen. Uh, but the lyrics for this song are fucking interesting. Uh, I have them in front of me here. Never slept so little, never smoked so much, lost my concentration, I could even lose my touch. Talking to myself, crying out loud, only I can hear me, I'm stuck inside a cloud. Like, Jesus, Jesus. Um, and it goes on and on like that. Like, it's, I've lost my will to eat, I made some exhibition. Um, wow. Like it's fucking hell. Just talking to myself, crying as we part, knowing um, as you leave me, I also lose my heart. Um, like it's it's fucking grim. It's grim. Like it's definitely, it's definitely about dying. It's called stuck inside a fucking cloud. It's about going to heaven or whatever. Like, but uh, Jesus Christ! Imagine getting attacked in your house, stabbed forty times, having a chunk of your your fucking lung removed by the doctors, and then a couple of years later you get cancer in your lungs, and they look after that, but it spread to your brain. Yeah. Like all because like I'm not saying it's all because he was attacked, but like that couldn't like does, you could probably make the fucking the connection there that who yeah. knows like the, the fucking scar tissue and stabbings and operations on his lungs and stuff could have led the fucking uh, cancerous growth there. You know what I mean? That may or may not have happened um, without him being attacked. You know who who fucking knows? No one, no one, no one fucking knows. But um, yeah. it's it's grim. Like lyrically, it's oh, Jesus Christ. It's it's never slept so little, never smoked so much, lost my concentration, I could even lose my touch. Like it's I don't like it. I don't like those lyrics in particular. Uh they're too close to the bone for me, I have to say. Yeah. And it's actually a great little song. It's a great little song. Uh Jeff Lynn and the son done a great job of of continuing on that music yeah. with um really with his feel to it. Yeah. Um really good in, in in keeping that. So yeah, two thousand one he died. It's like again, twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um, like one hundred percent knew he was on the way out. Like, and yeah, yeah. done his best to finish the album. Couldn't, and his his mates and his son knew. Like this is important to him to get this out. His twelfth album. Let's fucking let's finish it off. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. And like, as I said, this was, it came out in two thousand and two. And 2001, he had the cancerous growth from his lungs removed. And in November 2001, he died. You know what I mean? So there was, must have been, there was a big belt of fucking operations and then finding out, like, on his lungs and then finding out he had fucking brain cancer. He didn't have yeah. that much time to figure all this out. And he was probably working on lyrics last, like the rest like the rest of us, you know? You get the music done and then you sit down with, with a lyric pad or whatever. So yeah. the, the last creative things he'd done with this album, more than likely, I don't know, more than likely were lyrics. Which yeah. he would have one hundred percent known at this stage that he was on the way out, you know. Mm. So it's it's more poignant because of that, I think. Um, oh yeah, 
horrific. Um, but it's it's a great song. Um, I didn't. I'm not gonna lie to you. I haven't listened to the rest of the album. I'm not gonna lie. I've listened to the first couple of Harrison albums. I've never listened to all of this. And when I when I uh, banged this song stuck inside the cloud on, I was like, this is actually really good. This is a cool little song. Has to has a little bit of that kind of Indian feel that you expect from Harrison. But like loads of lovely guitar tones. Like chorus is nice and kind of uh, catchy. It's a good track. Yeah. Um, as we said, as you said already. The playlist of this one's kind of important. That's why we're not playing segments of it. Sometimes we'll play a segment and we'll talk about how important it is, but this is a very macabre fucking playlist here. And uh, but it is, not, but it doesn't really sound like it. it doesn't sound like it exa- exactly. Like its content is is a little bit grim and very final, but musically they weren't trying to fucking. I don't think there's any woe was me on this uh, on this playlist. Let's put it that way. No, I don't um, think so. Not not, not that not. I can hear. Anyway, that was George Harrison. Who's your next one? My next one is Warren Zevon, who is one of my favourite singer-songwriters. Hmm. Uh, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, we've talked about how lyrics foreshadow uh, death by suicide. Hmm. We will talk about, and I have talked about, how um, lyrics foreshadow death by illness. Hmm. But this next track is foreshadowing illness itself. Hmm. Because for the longest, longest time, I thought that his last three albums were about him having a cancer diagnosis. Because in 2000, he released an album called Life Will Kill You. Okay. Uh, in two years later, he released an album called My Ride's Here. And then the very last album was The Wind. And that had a really, that had the swan song, mm. uh, Keep Me In Your Heart in it. But I thought that those last three albums were in the knowledge that he was going to die. Okay. Turns out it was only just before he started recording the last album. Mm. Which makes no sense to me because I picked a song, a different song off the 2000 album called My Shit's Fucked Up. Okay. And it's about going to the doctor and the doctor telling you, uh-uh, nope. Really? Yeah. And apparently, apparently now, he didn't know then. But I'm okay. still keeping it in the playlist. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? It just absolutely am. Because this song is fantastic. So, the lyrics are I'd love to play this one, actually. I'd really love to play this one. But we won't, we won't. You have to listen to this. Well, I went to the doctor. I said, I'm feeling kind of rough. He said, I'll break it to you, son. Your shit's fucked up. Well, I said, my shit's fucked up, but I don't see how. He said, that shit that used to work, it don't work now. <laughs> it's such, that's such really good. a good song. But that's his type of... He has. He's a brilliant, mm. irreverent songwriter. Uh, he's most famous for Werewolves of London, mm. which Kid Rock, you know, sampled, Mm-mm. and the absolutely amazing song "Excitable Boy," which is the happiest song about a boy who kills someone. Oh wow! And, uh, just mad. He's he was one of David Letterman's <laughs> favorite singers, and he was on the Late Show so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was always kind of an out, which is kind of mad because there's people that probably would have thought they were much better than him not getting that gig because he's yeah. an outlier with a cult following. Oh yeah, he. But the only reason he got on that is because of David Letterman. Mm. So, I mean, they wouldn't have just went, all right, Warren Zevon, come on the show. Um, he even had a side project with members of R.E.M. called Hindu oh. Love Gods. Um, now, he, like I said before, he did write an actual swan song. Okay. Which is the one I was going to pick. But I just want to put this one on instead because I think it foreshadows the whole thing. Well, listen, when you open up the playlist, the fucking album is there. Click on that if you like it. And yeah, you know, go, go, down go, the go, go to his actual last song. Because the last one is called Keep Me In Your Heart and it's a much more poignant uh, addressing actually mm. like loss and stuff like that. So the lyrics of that are 
shadows are falling I'm running out of breath keep me in your heart for a while if I leave you it doesn't mean I love you any less keep me in your heart for a while so he's, this is the songs to someone that's mm. Shit's fucked up as to no one, but <laughs> the world and his fans, mm. which wasn't even the case apparently. Now that I'm, I, I had all this done, I was like, oh god, he's writing a song about the actual moment he heard it from the doctor. Turns out it didn't at all, really. And then the next next album, my rides here. That's an amazing last album, yeah. Title, but then it wasn't even his last album. The wind was, which is also <laughs> a brilliant last album title. Jesus Christ, um, he was foreshadowing the fores- foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm. I, like I said, I always presumed that that <laughs> was his swan song. Um, <clears throat> he died in 2006, I think it was, was it? No, it's earlier than that. 2003 he died, uh. um, with his last album being The Wind. I still prefer when he was more... Uh, his lyrics are phenomenal. Yeah. Like, they're just like that. Like what I just read out with the yeah. other one. And... He has a song called Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner, which is, Jesus, that song is so good. Mm. Like, you really have to listen to him. I'm trying to figure out who he's like. Mm. He's like a more, less weird Frank Zappa. Like, those lyrics are more fun stories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tale telling. Yeah, Yeah. I'm pretty sure, did he do, he didn't do much shit's fucked up on Letterman. I don't think he would have been allowed. He wouldn't have been allowed. No, he wouldn't have. But um, I urge people to get into Warren Zevon. Um, Especially just killer name. This song. Killer name. It's a brilliant name, isn't it? Really, it is. Uh, is that real name? London? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, that's yeah. a great fucking name. Sounds like a Marvel buddy, yeah. like Baron Zemo. It does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you know, if you don't know Werewolves of London, even just take that on. Yeah. It's the happiest song about a werewolf ever <laughs> um, in London, and it's you'll know that Kid Rock. Yeah. Um, that's Warren's even anyway. With my shit's fucked up, which yeah. is a fantastic song that I thought was definitely. In my head, one of the first ones I put in as a swan song, and after reading it, apparently didn't know by then. So that's crazy to mm. me. But I'm still leaving it anyway because uh, oh, yeah. I think it's worth Absolutely. It. Who's your next one? My next one is uh, one of the biggest ones is Freddie Mercury. Um, yeah, this is how we came up with this. Exactly. We had to deal with this. This is the, 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 the Lodestone, the Lynch. This is the song. Yeah. This is the, the, this the, is the song. actual song. If, 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 like, if Black Star was the album, this, this was, is the song. This is just the song. Exactly. Well, this is, this is uh, when we were talking about this in a previous podcast or whatever. This is obviously, like I said, where the, where the fucking idea came from. And uh, so I decided instead of picking another one, I'll pick this because. Yeah, made, we, made we, were like, we were like, imagine knowing you were going to die and write this. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah, um, Farouk Bulsara, born 1946. Um, passed on in 1991 died at 45 years of age he died uh, 24 hours after issuing a statement about having AIDS um, he wow. didn't do interviews didn't admit he was sick like it, it was talked about in the press all the time constantly that like there's something wrong with him like he's he's fucking he's a shell of his former self like you know and uh, obviously there was rumours left right and centre about his sexuality and his parties and fucking what he was up to blah 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 Um and so he released a statement saying, I've got fucking AIDS um, as a complication of HIV and uh, I don't know how much longer I have left them on the way out. And 24 hours later, he was gone. That was the end of it. Uh, it was actually uh, bronchial pneumonia resulting from AIDS is right. uh, how he died in the end. Uh, his ashes are buried in a secret location. 
no one, oh, yeah. Yeah, they want the, no one does no, no one does <laughs> and it was only it was it wasn't too long ago that uh that um his you had like a a fucking wall essentially you had this uh, what would you call it fucking uh uh, what was her name? It was uh, Mary Austin. Was her name? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, his 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 missus at the time. Um, he was like his oldest friend. Um, but he had um, like a memorial wall where people used to lay flowers and pictures and all this kind of stuff. And it wasn't that long ago that she was like, I can't do this anymore. And she had to clear it every every day. It was cleared till people just stopped doing it. Um, she left there for a long, 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 long time. Um, right. <coughs> um. So uh, I thought you were gonna say it was destroyed or someone someone wrecked it. Uh, no, she 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 um she decided to to knock it knock it knock on the head. Um, she couldn't take it anymore. Um, uh, his his boyfriend uh, Jim Hutton, who was from Ireland, who we referred to as his husband. Um, mm. he was I think he was I don't know how happy he was for uh, because um Mary got a lot of money. When he died, like the majority of it, um, as is the, as is the law, as is the law. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, but there was, the, you was, know what I mean. Like, yeah, I don't know if she be giving out my opinion on it, but that was his wife. She didn't know anything going into it, and uh, a certain section of her life is then changed forever. So yeah, why yeah. wouldn't she get money? <laughs> like, they they weren't physically married. Like they weren't actually married. They were. They referred to each other as they were like common law wives because they they lived together for so long and they done everything so together. So in the eyes of the law, there was a connection there, but they weren't married. Married. They never married. Married. Um, but and in his will, he was the guy who said like give fucking give Mary fucking X wins. Now everybody got a few bob. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, apparently Freddie Mercury had built a house for himself in Ireland that was supposed to be the plan uh, to retire to. He right. was going to knock it on the head in a couple of years or whatever. Because Ireland gonna, is fucking deadly. Exactly. He was going to retire with his fella, um, Jim Hutton. Who I think he was from Belfast, Jim. He was from the north anyway. Um, but they had, a, they had had a house built over here and they were going to retire to it. So he still lives here. Um, he moved back to Ireland. He fucking didn't want to be, want to be in London anymore. But... Uh, so this song I picked, obviously the show must go on, as this was the song that we talked about. Like lyrically, lyrically it approaches. It's it's so fucking weird. Um, it approaches Freddie's want to keep performing, but knowing that he couldn't. Um, and uh, he didn't even write the lyrics for this. Brian May wrote the lyrics for this. Um, he sat down. He sat down with him. Yeah, that, like lyrically, the like. The, they were such a weird fucking band. They they went through this weird all, phase where at the start they all threw in they all threw in a few bob exactly um, exactly like whoever could could just take it and run with it ran with it and gave it to Freddie. You know what I mean? He wasn't yeah. he, he wasn't a prima donna about I have to write the lyrics. He might make some changes, but he, if someone had like good lyrics, he'd take them. You know, because it, it was a band effort. You know, and uh, do you know what? Y- y- your brain would be less melted down the. Oh, one hundred percent. Like if someone can try, get some good stuff a, together, yeah. I've been absolutely pain in me hole doing everything. <laughs> yeah. You know yourself as well. 
Wouldn't it be great if your bases just came up with a deadly baseline? You have to come up with that as well. Exactly. What about yeah. each individual hi hat where it goes? Yeah, you have to come up with that as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Especially uh, when you're programming it. Like if you had an actual drummer, they do it in fucking five yeah. minutes, and it takes you a week to do it on a computer. Like and then you're exactly, and then you're exhausted after all that, and you don't uh, market it properly. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Get get it out. Fuck it. So so yeah, Fire I, I agree. With, I, I like Queen's way of doing things. Of even if sometimes it doesn't always work out, let everyone have a bit of go. Exactly. So this is on the album Innuendo, which is one of my favorite Queen albums. Um, it would have been this is 1991. This came out. This would have been one of my first proper introductions to. Like, I was 10 when this came out. So this would have been... I remember this album coming out. I remember my dad buying it. I remember the album cover. Um, like, Innuendo, the song, is one of my favourite Queen songs. Yeah, it's yeah. It's fucking good. incredible. And Because um, they so, had a lot of dirt before that. Was a, um, was a lot of, they, 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 they wobbled so much into different genres. You know, they do, like, a fucking disco song. They do a synth song. You know, they do a straight pop song. They do a rock and roll blues song. It was all over the place. And at the start of their career, um, all royalties were divided up, is the way it worked. Yeah. E- equal chairs and then as they got more and more famous and bigger and bigger they they, they start kind of having a fucking a bollock swinging contest where it was like oh, you wrote this song so you're going to get paid for it and nobody else going to get you'll just get mechanical royalties for, pay, for playing on it or whatever um, so that's they went get, back that gets very sad oh so that's dirty it changes the magic do you know what I'd rather even if I thought that drummer does fuck all I'd yeah. rather pay to keep the magic Yes, what you're doing is you're really downgrading your drummer to get yourself more money, which is fucking pointless if you're ma- if you're making a mint anyway. Exactly. Yeah, realistically, you're doing more work. You're tripping you yourself just, up. You're just tripping you. yourself up. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so for uh, innuendo for the last album, they went back to that equal shares. It's fucking divvied up amongst us all, and everybody was happy because they knew this was going to be it. You know, they knew it was going to be this. Um, yeah. Lyrically, again, everybody knows the lyrics to this fucking oh, song. Uh, like I'm, like I said, Queen of <laughs> Band, I don't really listen to. They're not really my thing. But fucking hell, I have loads of respect for them and that song. I would listen to that it's, song. It's in, it's incredible. Um, it's it's incredible. Like lyrically, lyrically, it's not super mad direct. It's all kind of done and. I don't know how you'd put it. Everything is kind of slightly hidden and obvious at the same time, you know. So, uh, well, I was looking in front of me. In- inside my heart is breaking. My makeup may be flaking, um, but my smile still stays on. Like you're like, oh Jesus Christ! Um, That's the bit that gets me now. Yeah, Borns, yeah. Borns me out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, inside in the dark, I'm aching to be free. Ooh, my soul is painted like the wings of butterflies. Fairy tales of yesterday grow but never die. Like I can fly, my friends. The show must go on. You know. I'll face it with a grin. I'm never giving. In, on with the show um yeah it's i'll have to find the will to carry on with the show you know it, it's just a lot there's a lot in there that's yeah once you know what it's about it's really fucking obvious because if you didn't know what he was doing uh, like if, if you fucking grabbed someone that out of some fucking cave that doesn't know anything about it and Gave him the yeah. song and read him the lyrics to be like, oh, it's just about, you know, being sad and having to continue, you know, I don't know. I didn't, yeah, it does, yeah. The show must go on those but <laughs> Yeah, it, I suppose it does. It markets itself as something that could be done that way as well. Yeah, because you know, it's will soon maybe, be turning around the corner now. Like this, maybe they didn't want it to be like sound like it's one song, yeah, but then when, when it finally happened, it was. It definitely, it definitely was. Like, um so th- this is the last thing that came out uh, while he was alive. Um I think he went um, I think he went for real soon after this. Real soon. I should have wrote that down. Um, I did on another notepad and I can't find it. Or whatever. It's very um, hard for us lads. We're trying our best here. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I think the album came out in his lifetime, but it was very soon after it came out that, that he was gone as well. So we yeah. didn't even get to see how big. No, it was. It I think. Was. I, I think it was within a year. I'm not 100 yeah, sure. Yeah, I, th- I think it was like eight months or something. Like that, something in the back of my head that, that he was gone after this album came out. But uh, yeah, 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 as I said, this is this is the linchpin for this for this podcast that we stumbled upon a couple of weeks ago by accident. And I, I had to use the same song that I used in a previous playlist and podcast. So apologies about that, but it's important to the. The, the crux of the situation here uh, but that's Queen slash Freddie Mercury the show must go on and now Queen unfortunately are making the bollocks of it and uh, Ringo Starr and the whole fucking thing <laughs> they're, they're way worse than Ringo Starr oh it's fucking way brutal. worse it's fucking they're, well we've we like, yet to see what Ringo Starr can do with fucking yeah, with, with, with the franchise last control yeah exactly if he if they even <laughs> he's gonna to him. He's, he's gonna absolutely DC it 100% 100% <laughs> um, the fucking Beatles television show and all that's going to be coming out uh, the good thing is they were like that beforehand oh yeah, before they, were, they got big yeah they were they, they were, were fucking the Beatles had sell it sell yeah. it and they were right as well yeah, then for a while they, they got like you know before the end they got tight real tight because they were the best band in the world they are, exactly. they are the best band in the world mm. anyway that was Freddie Mercury uh, with show must go on well Queen but uh, who is your next one uh, I'm going to go with another beloved Canadian singer-songwriter, and it's uh, Leonard Cohen. And we're oh. going to talk about his last album, You Want It Darker. Oh, what a name for an album. Yeah. Jesus but did you hear Christ. this song, though? This I, song, I don't, I've never heard this album. I've heard the name of this album and thought, that's so fucking good. That's so it good. Is. What a name. You, you, that's, the thing, that's the thing we haven't discussed. How strong your last naming of your album game has to be. Oh, tightly. And that... That is that's top notch. Ten out of ten. Because he's always known as like the, the Leonard Cohen, the dark singer songwriter, and you want it darker. Amazing. Um, but the lyrics and the the way you see, we can talk about the lyrics all the time. It's it's pointless unless you hear the delivery. So mm. that's why we. This is why Absolutely. it's pretty much playlist driven. Um, after touring a lot for four years between two thousand eight and thirteen, um, <laughs> it's, five, it's five years, I believe. Paul, well done, mm. uh, Leonard Cohen. I left his fucking name in my notes. Leonard Cohen, who I was just talking about, uh, suffered multiple fractures of the spine. This is the bit I wrote this down because I meant I meant to add it, look into mm. it later. That's what it was. Mm. I copied and pasted this, but Leonard Cohen began to suffer multiple fractures of the spine. And I wanted to look into this later because it only came out afterwards that he had leukemia, and I presume that's uh, related to this. He, he had lots of other physical problems as well. Mm. So, due to the fact that he was completely immobile. This album was recorded, um, I think, mostly, no, all of it, in his home. Wow. In Los Angeles. And then he sent bits of it uh, online to uh, the other people that were going to be on the album and helping out with it and stuff like that. Now, here's the mad thing, right? He said that this condition helped him eliminate every distraction that he would normally have when he was recording an album. And he said, in a certain sense, this particular predicament is filled with many fewer distractions than other times in my life that have enabled me to work with little or more concentration and continuity than I had when I was having the duties of making a living, being a husband and being a father. Mm. Um, And here's the line that fucking got me. He was recording it with his son, right? And despite uh, the fact that he was absolutely in bits and couldn't really move much, his son said occasionally in bouts of joy, he would, through his pain, stand up in front of the speakers and we'd sing all the songs together like we were Jesus. teenagers. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Wow. Jesus. 
I meant to go back to that thing with with this. The, the, I wanted to. It doesn't really matter actually the, the, the anatomy of diagnosis and when it happened. I was going to get into that. That's why I left that now in there. But mm. I, I'm kind of glad I didn't go back to it. To be honest with you, we're, we're getting too bogged down in, in the dates of diagnosis and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. When, yeah. but it, it does help the case in, in when we're talking about, you know, when they knew and when the public knew and yeah. what came out in between that. So yeah, um, the lyrics of this are: If you are the dealer, I'm out of the game. If you are the healer, it means I'm broken, lame. If thine's glory, if thine is glory, then mine must be shame. You want it darker, we kill the flame. Mm. But the way he delivers that line, stab you, stab you up. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's that last line, stab you all up. Mm. Absolutely. Um, a million candles burning for the help that never came. You mm. want it darker. Heiny, heiny, I'm ready, my lord. Yes, that's, this is the only, st- sorry, I think it's the, the first single he released mm. off it, um, and the second single was released posthumously. Mm. Posthumously, there's another word I can't ever get. Posthumously. Posthumously. posthumously, yeah, it's too many stupid words. Yeah, um, he's an absolutely amazing singer somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely was. Um, I felt, I noticed. I'll say I felt. I noticed a huge sense of sadness from all the people that were huge fans. And that's a bit of a stupid thing to say. Yeah, like, m- this much more than others. I have you see something about Leonard Cohen fans. I have loads of Leonard Cohen fans that mm. never go on about like other yeah, people go on yeah. about. Like, you just like shut up. So honestly, they were like knocked. Mm. I know loads of people that were knocked hard by, yeah. by Leonard Cohen's uh, passing. The album was released seventeen days before he died, so Oof. that's just over two weeks. Uh, it was released to absolute critical acclaim. That's probably down to the fact that he got to have full concentration over it. Mm. He was literally put into a spot and probably nothing else to do but write the album. Yeah. Um, the title track, the one I picked here, <coughs> uh, one of Darker, won Grammy Award for Best Rock Performance in 2018. Um, yeah, like, I know I keep saying I'd love to play this, but I'm much rather we listen to the whole song. Yes. We're not going to do that now yeah. when we're baking the life up in this room. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought this Leonard Cohen thing was brilliant. I really, really did. I thought I haven't listened to the whole album. Yeah, listened to. Uh, I I knew this song. Like I said, these are songs that came to me in my head when we mm. first started doing this. Um, this the baseline. This is deadly. It's just a really, really chilled out song. Mm. But the delivery of the lyrics is uh, like I said, right to the throat. Get you, absolutely get you. Um, that was Leonard Cohen. Deadly. With you want darker? Who's your next one? Is my your last, last one? one, yeah. My last one is Joey Ramone. I listened um, to this song. This is not a good song, and it's no, not it's a good not album at all. Uh, at all. <laughs> but but there's obviously a reason you've picked it, and it is <laughs> um, co- kind of. This is Joey Ramone's first and last solo album. Really? Um, yeah. I didn't know that now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's first and last one. It came out uh, after his death. Um, he died in 2001. It came out in 2002, but it was finished. It, it had been done. I think he might have been like... Uh, he might have been kind of playing with the idea of not releasing it. Now, there was another album released afterwards that was kind of made up of... This this that happened with all these people. Yeah, um, like th- there was bits of songs that were left over from these sessions and bits of demos that were finished and shit like that that they had some some vocal takes on and stuff. So yeah, the, the the album after this is, um, I mean, it is an album, but it's more of a compilation. This this um this album, don't worry about me, is the name of the fuck. Sorry, the album is called Don't Worry About Me, and the song is called Don't Worry About Me. Um, That's a good title as well. Pretty much now, lyrically, it's not about dying. 
at all. It's about standard fucking. You could play, take the lyrics from this and put them into any Ramon song ever. Uh, here, uh, yeah, but we, I think we just talked about Queen doing that. They wanted it to to be double edged. I think. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know whether this is double edged. I think this is just <laughs> stupid fucking Joey Ramon lyrics. Uh, I want you, baby, but you always lie, always complaining, or contemplating suicide. I want you, baby, but you don't even try, always complaining. So I said, boy, baby, boy. It's like that. I knew that I wanted you, but you're the kind of girl that you just can't get through to. Standing on the corner in a mini skirt, you're the kind of girl that I just can't forget. Now I'm sitting here all sad and blue, thinking about all that we've been through. It's about a fucking board. Like. It's not about him dying, but he absolutely knew he was dying. Because um, he'd been dying for years before this. Um, oh, right, right. He was. Um, <coughs> then I think that this was hard for me. It probably would have been hard for you as well. When... There was a period like that where they knew they were doing picking out the song that they were talking about on. They might not have done it. But yeah, it doesn't mean I, I, I don't think he did. Song. I don't think he really approached his his death like that. Um, like he, I, I picked that guard down. You want and the songs are about his friends and stuff like that. Yeah, like he was diagnosed with lymphoma in 1995 and died in 2001. So he had six years of doing bits and bobs. Now the Ramones were over and done at this stage. Um, the Ramones were done, and uh, it's. Uh, like I'd say that the tone of the album I have to imagine someone like like Joey Ramone who suffered fucking immensely with a lot of kind of mental health issues and stuff like that um, <clears throat> and, and ticks and like, he had all sorts of fucking stuff going on in his life I have to imagine that like being a big fan of the Ramones and fucking owning every Ramones album and knowing most of them intimately that he may have sat down and said like I know this is going to be it. Um, should I? But that, that's still that's it? still a, that's still a swan song. Regardless. Oh yeah, like like it, it, it definitely is. But I, I think he might have like done a double take on it and said, "No, I'm going to leave them with what they like me for." Yeah, yeah. You now shitty songs about fucking drinking and fighting and you know women leaving them. Yeah. You know? Well, like I know we've picked songs that are uh, <laughs> dealing with it, but that doesn't mean they have to. Yeah, exactly. He can um, go out whatever way he wants, like whatever way he wants to go. Uh, pretty much, uh, I know he when he was dying, he was listening to U two, who were one of his favorite bands. He loved U two. Um, he was listening to U two at the time. I wanted uh, to make a joke there, but I'm not going to. Yeah, like, exactly. That, you know I mean, like <laughs> what you'd want to do if you were listening to U two. Yeah, but then I was like, <laughs> I can't, it's an Irish thing to do. But I like U two. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, the producer on this album was a guy called Daniel Ray. He was actually in the Ramones for a while, um, and he wrote a load of cool songs for a while though. Daniel Ray had a different name. No, but there's a lot of people in the Ramones. Oh, yeah, but however, th- this is one of the things. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I think the reason that the Ramones stayed pretty good throughout their entire career was that they always brought in a little bit of new blood. Like, whenever yeah. someone would fuck off, they'd bring in, you know, like CJ or something, you know, or um, they'd get rid of, like, when Tommy fucked off, they bring in Marky. They, they, they were always pretty good about bringing someone in. And it might only yeah. be for a year or two. But Killing like, Joke do that as well. Oh, yeah. You know, everyone, everyone does it. Absolutely. And Morrissey just announced an entire new band lineup for the for the next, uh, the Not run of Los Angeles shows. All entirely brand new. Alan White entirely. and all is back. Boz is gone. No. Um, what, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. He just he put the announcement out today. He was playing on this. He has a this drummer. I think it might be the drummer from like Enter Shikari or something like that. He has playing with him. Is it's this mental. the first time that Boz hasn't played? Well, yeah, it, it's only ever there's only ever one gig that Boz uh, one solo gig that Moz didn't play, and it was the first ever solo Morrissey gig, and it was everybody from the Smiths except for Johnny Marr. So fucking um, hell. So yeah, now maybe, I, I, maybe they're just he's just very they're all just very tired or something. Like I, that. I I don't know. I, I don't know. That seems mad poignant to me if someone told me that. 
Like, yeah, I, d- I don't know. It's it's it's, it's interesting. But th- this guy Daniel Ray, uh, he wrote Pet Cemetery and a bunch of other Savage songs for uh, Oh Deadly for for Ramones. He also wrote Everglade for L Seven. Um, he was a producer on the Michael Graves era Misfit stuff. He produced for the Golden Horde from Dublin, White Zombie, Richard Hell, uh, Entombed. Uh, done a lot of stuff. Uh, the second solo album is called You Know by uh, Joey Ramone. As I said, it was demos from the earlier sessions, and um, what happened was the bits that they had, they got in people like yeah. Joan Jett and uh, Stephen Van Zant, uh, guys from Cheap Trick and shit like that. They got them in to help finish it. Oh. Look, this, the same thing with Leonard Cohen. There was an album that was released afterwards that his son didn't want to be called, um, like, uh, Leftovers. Mm. The same with uh, Gord Downey. There was one released after that with the other yeah. stuff that the, the producers could get together into songs the way exactly. he felt he wanted it to sound. So, yeah, exactly. this happened a lot. The, the, the Swan songs had a little bit extra. Now, I think them were most the ones I'm, we picked anyway were mostly done with love and care. Yeah, not a, a studio or the cash in like a, a fucking notorious B.I.G. Oh, job. Oh, or two pack or something. He oh, two pack forever. <laughs> two pack still putting records out. They're not bangers. They are far from fucking bangers. Two pack put so much shit out that like Eminem made beats for it. Eminem is not famous for beats. If if they were <laughs> if 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 it was olive oil, it would be the seventy six pressing of the, <laughs> yeah. Of the olives. Yeah, they, and they, there's they, no more oil left. Yeah, in them. the chemically rendered fucking oil, like where they just melt yeah. the stone inside and call it fucking olive yeah. oil. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's that's that's, the, that's what two packs <laughs> at right now. Um, so yeah, he, sp- he spent six years now and he was on the way out. Um, the last Ramones album, Adios Amigos, came out the year he was he was. Uh, diagnosed with lymphoma as well so uh, which is one again one of my favourite Ramones albums the last one Adios Amigos is fantastic it's a really really good album mm-hmm. um, six years spent knowing what he was he had a, an awful lot of time off where he, I think he'd just done a few guest spots and messed around with some pals I think he might have sat in, in a few sessions and um, got like an executive producer role on a couple of albums that type of shit and uh, before he decided you know what, I'm going to put an album out I'm not putting the Ramones back together again so that's done yeah. But I'm going to do a solo album. Because um, he started off as a drummer. He started off as a drummer. He was actually the, the, the Ramones' original drummer. And Dee Dee Ramone was the singer. And they they, they kind of swapped around where Dee Dee moved the bass. And Joey started singing. Because Dee Dee couldn't sing two nights in a row without blowing his voice out. Yeah. Um, so, like, he was a reasonably talented musician as well. Like, he he could piece together a song. He was always writing bits and pieces as well. So, um, yeah. that was Joey Ramone. As I said, this is the, that album in particular would have been the least... Uh, probably the least dark song maybe on this list yeah but like I said it's still the, the it's last still his it fucking last album his his, his one yeah, song yeah. album and like I said one came out like 12 11 12 2012 so yeah like uh, 11 years later that was made up of bits and bobs that was finished by a bunch of people like Joan Jett and stuff like that as well you can't really consider that um, because it wasn't directly worked on um, with the concept of it being a Joey Ramone kind of solo album if there's that many guests on it uh, but yeah, yeah, that that album. Don't worry about. It. It's not good. The song's not. Well, it's not. It's not bad. It's just. It's all, it's all right. Ramonesy. Listen to it there. And I was like, that's, that's, I want, yeah, I it's to standard. Yeah, it's not going to be good. But I don't like you said, Ramones fans love that shit. Exactly. That's all he wanted to do. I think he wanted this one song to be um, what yeah. he was known for, as opposed to putting out a, a, a fucking um, Leonard Cohen Black style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that. You weren't going to get that. And that was Joey Ramone. Who was your last one? I struggled with the last one. I wanted to put Elliot Smith in because I feel like his last album was like a a journey mm. to his suicide, and uh, like 
a lot of people say his last few albums or even maybe his whole career was a journey to suicide um but uh, i i couldn't really nail it down if mm-hmm. i'm being honest with you and the same goes for the very last nirvana song i've recorded you know you're right which is such an incredible song mm. it's really underrated nirvana song as well um that is the last song he ever wrote and recorded mm. and there is a definite sense of doom and gloom off that but again i couldn't nail it down so i yeah, went yeah. with something i know to be true and it's a really really nice song and it's um i'm not gonna miss you by glenn campbell and um, mm. so it was co-written by campbell and julian raymond uh, released on the 30th of september in 2004 this was for this documentary soundtrack yeah. uh i'll be me which focuses on his like uh the diagnosis and and how he's living with alzheimer's yeah um, i'm not gonna lie to you still haven't watched that I'm not ready to not mm. ready to go through that because that's going to be one of those things you know the way when you know you're going to be destroyed by something yeah you have to put time aside a special type of time aside and then you push it aside again you push it aside again so eventually i'll have to sit down and just let myself get destroyed by this yeah yeah. because i know it's going to be brilliant and i actually stuck glenn campbell on on the bus into work the other day and it's just it's the music is golden yeah like wichita lineman is oh. gives shivers oh. still gives me shivers no matter and chills no matter how many times I listen to it. Rhinestone, Cow- Rhinestone Cowboy is sounds like in this day and age we should be slagging it. It's an unreal song. Yes, exactly. Absolutely unreal. And uh, gentle on my mind. Absolutely beautiful. But this is the song that he co-wrote with um, Julian Raymond. Mm. And Julian Raymond said that he came, like Glenn Campbell came up with the, the title for the song without even knowing it. Oh, really? so he was talking to him one day and Campbell said, um, I'm having a hard time with people asking me he, sorry, Julian said he's having a hard time about people constantly asking him about Alzheimer's yeah. and how he felt about having Alzheimer's, yeah. which must be fucking oh, crushing. Yeah. That person gets to ask once, he has to answer 10 times a day. Yeah, uh, He never talks about it much, but he came up to um, Julian Campbell. Sorry, Julian Campbell. He came to Julian Raymond and said, I don't know what everyone's worried about. It's not like I'm going to miss them. <laughs> That's a fucking mad way to, yeah, to think yeah. of it. Like his mind will be gone before he gets to worry about really missing mm. people properly, um, and the lyrics of the song are, and this they're, they're it's really it's a really nice song, but it mm. is crushing in ways. The lyrics are, um, "I'm still here, but yet I'm gone. I don't play guitar or sing my songs. They never defined who I am. The man that loves you till the end." You're the last person I will love. You're the last face I'll recall. And best of all, I'm not going to miss you. <laughs> it's it's nicely sung, but it's also quite dark. Yeah, yeah. And and there's a line later on about like how he knows it's selfish to think of that when everyone will miss him. Yeah, yeah. It will come a time very, very soon, one day, where he's just not going to know what's going on and exactly. miss anyone. Or, or, yeah. It's crazy. Oof. It's crazy. And it's a really, really nice song. And I, I'm really gearing myself up. To, I was doing this, the, the research for this and reading a bit more. And I went, you know what I'll do? I'll finally watch the documentary. And I was like, you know what? I'm not feeling great today. Yeah. So, and I know it's going to, I know it's an amazing documentary. Everyone was told me. You have to be in the right headspace for it. I really do. And uh, it's too warm. That's what yeah. I want to say. It's too warm. It's too, it's too warm to do fucking jack shit, man. It's too warm to watch the Glenn Campbell documentary where he's exactly. living with Alzheimer's. And really, yeah, is that one. I love, fucking love Glenn Campbell, man. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that's very sad. Sad. Um, yeah. No good. No good. That was it, folks. That's it. Yeah. That was uh, 
not necessarily our grimmest podcast today, but uh, definitely the most. Killers. <laughs> yeah, Killers is fucking grim. Um, that was it. That was uh, Swan Songs. Uh, oh, yeah, Patreon. Do us a favor. Please do. Yeah. Please do. Do us a favor. If you like what we do, you got the patreon.com forward slash Lost Hour Podcast. It's five quid a month. Get you access to loads of exclusive podcasts and videos and all the live shows that we've done during the lockdown. Even the two live shows. Uh, i done a solo one, done one with Paul, then a proper Lost Art live the on Saturday live, night. The two live they're crews. up there. The two live crews. Uh, they're all up on Patreon now as well. So <coughs> that's the only place you're ever going to hear those because we couldn't put them up for public consumption. Not because of content, a little bit because of content, but because we play songs. And we were bold. We yeah. were bold. And uh, we DJ'd and we drank and had the crack. And it was great fun. And was. I hope there's another big lockdown and we get to do it again. Because working is for saps. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's a pain. It's I just don't like pain. work. It's, it's bullshit. I've, it's literally too late in my life now to be learning how to work hard. So it's it's over for me. I'm always tired. I know yeah. work hard. I work, actually, no, I work fucking hard, if I'm being honest with you. I'm stressed and I look at the screen all day. That is tiring. I don't care what I'm doing. I honestly think I'd be less tired walking around. That's modern fucking coal mining is what that is. So, <laughs> fuck it. Like, those jobs, yeah. not that they don't exist anymore, but they're less and less. So, um, if back in the day you, you weren't a fucking uh, an apprentice for a vet or whatever the fuck it is, you had to do uh, a job like a coal miner or a fucking street sweeper, and those jobs don't really exist anymore. Not so much. So you have to go into what is the new coal mining and street sweeping and fucking emptying bins, digital work in front of a screen all day. And uh, it's just as tiring. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Uh, mentally tiring. Yeah. And your eyes hurt and it's, it's, it's bad. It's not nice. And your back hurts from sitting down all the time. Oh, it's, stop. I never realised I'm not supposed to bend this way. Yeah, it's it's shit. It's shit. So, patreon.com forward slash last hour podcast. You don't want to do that because of kofi.com forward slash last hour podcast. And give us a little tip. Tip us for our work. Uh, the links are on the text of the podcast app that you're listening to probably now. Um, they're down below you. Click on them. Give us a few quid so we can keep doing this because it costs money to do it. Uh, we will be back in whatever two weeks something like that whenever we'll be back whenever and um, we're, we're not setting dates anymore and um, because we're too busy with real life so uh, all the more reason to throw us a few quid to make sure that we do come back and do it again uh, yeah that's it talk to you in a couple of weeks yes we will thank you <laughs>